Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in for my first episode. It's all about perspective. I am with someone who is an authority on RevOps with a phenomenal experience in the last 16 years. A person who has been instrumental at Salesforce, Marketo, Dropbox and GitLab in Australia. She is always looking for where the revenue is leaking from. Sarah is a visionary and a leader in communities across the globe including Peter Diamandis A360 Singularity Executive Community, the Entourage Australia, RevOps Collective, Pavilion Rev Genius, and Women in Revenue. She is a co-founder at CEO and Cattle Dog Digital, a fighter against all health odds, and a mom to three amazing kids in Sydney. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's it's a pleasure to connect with you as always, and um, I couldn't be. Happier to have you on my first podcast episode. Excited to be here. Fantastic, Sarah. I mean, I've I've read about you on on your blog, on LinkedIn, in posts. I mean, there's so much that you've done in such a young age. I mean, I'd love to hear how was your life as a child in school, college, and and overall with your parents. Well, I had a a pretty. Pretty good childhood, actually. Um, I have very strong memories of my dad taking me to the park and um, going on lots of family holidays, and really just um, I grew up with a, a great sense of adventure. Um, whether it was playing with my cousins at uh, in the Barossa Valley, my grandparents owned a property, and playing out in underneath the gum trees or in the creek or uh, always barefoot and dangerous really as a child <laughs> that's so that's, it was great it, wow that's that sounds so nice and uh, it's it's you know i think we we guys are privileged we had a beautiful childhood because the, there are a lot of people uh, in in developing nations who don't who don't get the privilege of having Uh, a beautiful and a safe uh, childhood with with their parents and siblings and cousins. Incredibly grateful for for having grown up in Adelaide, South Australia, and um, yes, went to an all girls school, Mitcham Girls. Um, still best friends with Nat. Uh, all these years later, twenty five years going strong. Uh, Nat and I <laughs> went to school together. She too is a strong entrepreneur. Um, teaches me everything I know, actually, and. Um, Yeah, I mean, incredibly lucky and incredibly grateful. Um, we we didn't have a lot of money. My dad was actually uniting church minister, and my mum was a nurse, so it was humble upbringings. And we spent a bit of time in um, the rural South Australia um, in a place called Port Pirie, uh, where the dirt was very lead uh, <laughs> filled with lead and uh, and and quite. black to walk on so <laughs> probably not great for the health but um honest to goodness was, uh, exactly salt of the earth that's 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 great so fast forward zara to to your career <laughs> um in 2008 with salesforce then with marketo in 2012 robox with 2015 gitlab in 2018 and and i guess 2020 onwards uh, uh, it became full time at uh, cattle dog digital for you Uh, but, yes. but you know, I do I do see you running um, the show, uh, sort of around 2015. Um, how was it? I mean, just just tell me something about the dynamics there. Yeah, so I I really 
Cattle Dog was a, a labour of love uh, for Luke, myself, and and Naz for many years. We were all still working when we got together and thought, let's put this, um, let let's put this together and, and see what it could be. Um, we'd seen a bit of a gap in the market for um, a solutions business that could help to organisations optimise their revenue. Um, but we obviously had our own careers and it needed to become self-sufficient. So we bootstrapped ourselves all the way through and eight years later now, um, thankfully privileged to be able to work full-time for ourselves, um, but it did, definitely took time. So we uh, did that openly and transparently with our employers. I, I was working with GitLab at the time and I had a huge amount of support from um Mike McBride, who I still revere as one of the single most uh, important mentors, him and uh, an, a number of people, Andrew Andrew Everingham and Matt Cameron, who mentored me throughout my career. And the, between the three of them, I think um, that combined really helped me to understand different aspects of, of kind of what it would take to run a company. And um, certainly all those experiences I reported to Mike at uh, GitLab and I, I learned very quickly from him what it takes to be a CRO. And so that was an incredible experience. And I just drew in a lot of that knowledge into what I was doing um, in and applied DevOps to revenue. No, um, certainly. No, certainly, Sarah. I mean, uh, talking about all these brands, a lot of people won't have the courage to to leave their safe paychecks at at you know yes. all these um, uh, brilliant companies who are really good at their job and 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 start with something uh, which could which could really put you into a spiral a startup and 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 you know there is this talk about um, uh, you selling cattle dog for one dollar what is what is that about <laughs> well actually cattle dog started as uh, a company called Mahalo Neurotech. Okay. So um, I was very interested in neuroscience and 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 brain science and neurology and how um, the brain works and how we work as people. And um, I, I was interested in applying all of that understanding and knowledge into um, how we do business and how we can better do business with people and um so we so that was the name of the company Mahalo Neurotech um and it started as a small marketing agency and so um and Luke was working at Deloitte so Luke is our co-founder and my, my co-founder and chairman also my husband wow. and uh, along with Naz Naz is not my husband but he is my co-founder and he started the business with us um but Luke was uh, at Deloitte at the time and um, I think he saw potential in what it could be and so he actually ended up leaving Deloitte in, uh, I think, 2016 okay. and I sold him the business for a dollar. Wow, lucky him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so talking about names, um, Mahala Neurotech and, and then Cattle Dog, how did this name transition and and how how catalog and and there is second interesting question i have in my mind once i have uh, the answer to this one absolutely absolutely and we get asked all the time like, why cattle dog it makes 
absolutely no sense and has no relationship to revenue optimization of RevOps whatsoever. So <laughs> help me help me put these two things together. So, so what I tend to tell people is um, we we really uh, the the Australian cattle dog is a mix. It's a pedigree mix of a dingo, which is mm-hmm. like a native Australian dog, and um, a, 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 I think there's a bit of shepherd in there, and then the the kelpie. And you put these breeds together, and you get the Australian cattle dog. And there's variations of these breeds, but they're best of breed and they know how to get a herd from A to B. They know how to get you from your destination to your home or to get the cattle through a muster is what we call (laughs) very Aussie terms. Uh, But so we, um, but they're loyal, they're fierce, um, they're incredibly smart, um, they're all slightly different. Some have patches on their eyes. Some have patches on their back, like little um, little round patches or short stumpy tails. Um, some are some are um, like blue blue healers, or there's the red kind of looking red kelpie. So they're a different and diverse mix and breed. And we as a company are exactly that, and we believe in that, and we believe in all of those things as values as a company, integrity, loyalty, and we actually have that in our core values as an organisation. And every single one of those of our um, pups in the pound, <laughs> and we use lots of dog puns, um, but every single one of us is is really uh, aligned to that. And so it's, it's not just about... Um, how we do business and and a brand it's actually who we are no makes sense uh sarah actually when you were telling me all the incredible attributes of this particular um uh, crossbred uh, dog i could i could really make sense the kind of uh you know people you have in uh, the overall organization i think it's it's more about the spirit attached to to the overall concept of of cattle dog and um, mm. i think uh uh, I haven't uh, come across um, this this breed yet visually, but but I think it looks like the insignia you have. Exactly right. Yeah. And uh, if if you need any tips and uh, and don't come after me for copyright on this, anybody. But uh, there's a really great show that has made it out into the US called uh, Bluey, uh-huh. and it's an Aussie made show, and it's a um, it's just a, a little cartoon and it's hilarious, but it embodies the spirit of Cattle Dog and it embodies the spirit of, of what we're talking about. And so we're big Bluey fans at wow. Cattle Dog. Wow. And, <laughs> and I thought I could copyright this name because uh, there's a little soft toy for my son, which is a blue sea yes. which glows and, and I've called it Bluey for him. So Yes, yeah. perfect. <laughs> that's, Bluey. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> And I, by the way, Bluey is a girl. Bluey oh. and Bingo, the two sisters, which is even better. All right. So uh, the second question, uh, Sarah, I am intrigued to know, uh, best friend, husband, co-founder, mm-hmm. how does it work mm-hmm. out for you? It's 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 a tough I, dynamic. Uh, I wouldn't say tough, or would I? Yes, I would. Of course I would. Uh, <laughs> look, anytime they say don't mix business with pleasure don't mix you know family and business I think um the challenges with when you when you know people extremely well 
um, are that you know their strengths and you know their weaknesses. And I think how we, uh, I guess, at home overcome a lot of challenges. And yeah, of course, we 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 don't we're like everyone running a business together we don't go to sleep without talking about the customer experience or the meeting that we've got the next morning and it's literally all day every day on um but the nice part about it is that you get to do that with your human and there isn't really anybody else I would rather be running the business with than Luke wow that's that's uh that's very nice to hear Sarah not many people uh, I think uh, would be comfortable mixing family and, and business, uh, especially when, when you're heading out in, in a startup phase, when you know it's going to be a tough road ahead, it, you know it's going to be very, very challenging. And and I've, I've heard all these, um, uh, you know, podcasts uh, also wherein I, I, I hear that startup founders not getting on the same page for, for everything you know. And, oh yeah, we've had lots of those moments, lots of those moments. And and I, I have to make a mention to, um, it was actually Luke's brother that came up with the cattle dog name, um, mm-hmm. Steve. Um, and he's such a brilliant mind and such a, an incredible human and himself and he, his family as well. So, you know, it's not just, and, and that's partly why I kept my maiden name because it made it made more sense for me to be Sarah Harkness than Sarah Orell, or you get Orell, Orell and Orell. It was just, uh, <laughs> It seemed to to make more sense. But also he said to me, you've got to stand up in your own right, Sharky. Um, and, you know, I think that to have somebody in your life that actually has your back that to that nth degree that can set aside their own ego and give you a platform that's safe enough for you to succeed on and in doing so they succeed, um, I, I, I think that's why he's my human. Makes sense. Makes so much sense, Sarah. So, so talking about personal life, I mean, uh, from my interactions with you before and and what I've read about you, you've had this incredibly um, tough uh, personal life, uh, especially from your health perspective, and and you know, running a startup is no joke. I mean, there are people mm-hmm. depending on you for their salaries when when you've hired yes. them. There are customers that that you need to negotiate with get your payments out, get them onboarded, keep so many people happy uh, to to have the ship afloat, you know, despite of uh, patchworks that there they may be some, uh, you know, across, um, across the sea. Uh, how do you, you know, juggle in your personal and professional life? And, and you know, honestly, how, how has it been uh, for you so far? That's a really fantastic question and um, not easy. It's uh, of all the things, you know, becoming a mother, that's hard. Um, Running your own business, being a CEO, all those things, hard, takes courage, takes grit, determination, takes a little bit of um, craziness, something something in you that's not entirely um, the same. You know, it's, it's finding your unique piece of value and kind of, owning it and not being afraid of it and um and protecting it and it's taken almost 40 years for me to work a little bit of that out and I certainly by no means have any of it worked out but um yeah it's been really hard it's been really really hard and um I've learned in the last three years through navigating a pandemic 
brain surgeries, um, really challenging um, waters with an economy um, and customers that don't pay and uh, but but caveat that with customers that then realize um, that everything you did was incredible. It was just the person they had at the helm and then they pay and then all of a sudden out of the lotus out of the mud grows the lotus. Um, I think the reality is um, adversity is a teacher for us, right? Like adversity is become uh, uh, we're not fair weather friends. We are best mates. Wait, like it, it, there's something about me that seems to mean that I have to do things the hard way every single time, and I don't really understand why. Um, but if it's gonna, my mum said this to me yesterday, actually. If it's going to happen to anybody and if anyone can do it, it's you. And it was like this incredible reminder that actually it's always within us and we always have the choice. We can do anything we want and anything we set our mind to and and we actually can be what it is that we want to become. But what we have to do is make the decision within ourselves and not compromise on it Um and then do everything we can every day in the direction of that decision. Does this feed that decision? And you know what? We might get to the destination and go, whoop, that decision was not right. That was not the right decision. I regret it. Oh, my goodness. And I've done that, fallen flat on my face more times than I can tell you, like flat on my face. Um, but I have never stopped being committed to be of service to the world or people or I don't think I'm any any better than anybody else. Um, I'm, my ego is here to ensure my survival, not to beat anybody else to the altar, right? Like I'm only here uh, to prove that any adversity you face can be the best, biggest and best teacher and learn and you can learn so much about yourself by being in it at the time. So it's not so much suffering all the way through. Um, but to that point, it's not been short of suffering. There's a there's there's a lot of hard grit that you have to wade through to to kind of come to that understanding. Makes sense. You've no, got to face sense. yourself. I mean, I, I think as long as you're self-aware, you're mindful of your mistakes, um, you sort of put your context to whatever has been taught to you by your parents, by your mentors, by the society at large, from willingly or, or incidentally, as long as, you know, you, you can see the high level view, I think mm. you progress as a person. And, and um, I, I completely, you know, resonate from where you're coming from. So... Talking about uh, your personal adversities, uh, Sarah, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, self-sustenance, how do you see your businesses coming about now? Uh, if I talk about um, uh, Dog Digital, where yes. are you guys in your journey, um, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a startup? So we are post-revenue. We we're, we're, we're an established multi-million dollar international global organization. Obviously. We are eight years old <laughs> and I am really proud of the work that we've done. We've worked for some um, the, the largest retailer in Australia. 
Um, we have incredibly loyal clients with, uh, you know, longevity with us. Mm-hmm. You know, three and a half years is our average customer life cycle. And not because a project takes that long, but because we're all right to work with and it's fun and we get there together. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when a time comes to part ways, we try to do that with integrity and we try to do that with the the the, the most um with the least damage possible to both parties. I think we're reasonable human beings. So I don't think that that's necessarily the way everybody does business. And in fact, I think it's a really rare way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly has meant we've had to say no to things like $3 million of investment or funding at one point, or we've said no to deals that did not align with our values. But I'm really proud that that we as a business every step of the way aligned to those and stayed with those and stayed true, true to those to the best of our possible ability. We didn't always get it right, but I'm really proud that we have built a business mm-hmm. off of that foundation as opposed to just revenue. And and Sarah, I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, I've read about Cattle Dog Digital, what it does, how it does. Uh but I'd like to take this opportunity to hear from, uh, you know, the horse's mouth. How, how how do you go about your business? What is exactly is your service offering and value proposition uh, to the markets at large? So Cattle Dog is a revenue optimization as a service consulting business. We come into the to organizations. Uh, our ICP really is uh, B2B high tech. Uh, it's it it we help we do the best work we can in in there. However, we've as I said had lots of customers in lots of different industries, lots of uh, animal help we've given in in our uh, not for profit uh, area as well. So working with the likes of Ten Lives and um, you know a lot of philanthropic work, Peter Mac, Peter McCallum, Cancer Research, for example. So you know all of all of the philanthropic methodologies we we try to do the one 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 benioff model mm-hmm. in our business as well but um from a commercial standpoint high tech b2b is really our sweet spot so we've got customers like falcon.ai in the us and we've had clients like honeycomb and nomada and banyan who i i see just got their their second round so i'm um, i'm really i i think that what we do is come in and help um, optimize the revenue funnel mm-hmm. via ensuring that the tech stack is actually aligned to the growth goals. And if the tech stack is underpinning that in all the best way possible um, and the revenue engine is solid and there's no revenue leakage mm-hmm. uh, and we provide the visibility to the top level exec, then we are actually helping these organizations hack growth yeah. and grow quicker. So uh, it's like consultancy and services, or is it that you guys are are building your own software as well? We've bought built a self assessment tool for our clients so that they can self assess whether or not um, their the health of their RevOps stack is is good, um, and it's really just a sense check. Uh, and we've built a marketplace of integrations, um, but we we actually prefer to partner at the moment. I think there's a pivot to product in the future, but I think our, our real focus at the moment is on, on partnering with organisations like Conga and Salesforce and HubSpot to really 
get those solutions doing what they do best mm-hmm. and and kind of stopping all of the siloed approaches or the one platform approach that doesn't necessarily serve the customer. At the end of the day, we want to help organizations serve their customers better. And I think right now in this macro economy, globally, there is a zero tolerance from customers uh, for a terrible experience. There's also zero tolerance for ego and there's zero tolerance for for bad behavior <laughs> because we're all just trying to get through. So of course. we we got to be human and nice to each other. Of course. And and more so with, with uh, you know, an ever-going world of unpredictabilities and, you know, domino effects all over the place, uh, that, that tolerance uh, threshold decreases by the day. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, but but yeah. I think uh, people like you are are tough as steel. That's that's what I tough as nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, someone told me that you know you've had like twenty five surgeries in three years, and uh, if yeah. I put that in perspective with your with you going full time on catalog digital. I think when you were starting out in uh, 2020 full time, I guess with the uh, CDD, all the professional work, the rest of the career side, it's it had to be tough. COVID, mm. surgeries, catalog digital, uh, full time, and and of course then then you know attending to your children. Um, I don't know. It's it's it sounds um, crazy to me, but. Um, uh, what are exactly you know your problems in uh, personally and professionally that that you had to juggle uh, to to towards uh, building your own dream life? Well, I wouldn't say we're always out of the woods. That every day there comes some kind of new adversity we all have to face, right? And 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 just because my story is relatively extreme and it is quite extreme, I don't know. I'm still yet to meet anyone that's had three brain surgeries in three years or runs their business from intensive care. And I'm not necessarily proud of that, by the way. It's just that I I refused to allow it to consume me because if I allowed it to consume me, then it was it. So I had to actually decide for myself and, and there was multiple de- decision points across the journey. So obviously when you first start getting sick and, and for um people listening, I've got uh, neurological and um, nervous system conditions. So neurological, I've got a brain shunt. So I've had three brain shunts in three years. They're really common um, once you get a diagnosis to have to get repeats. So you get multiple brain surgeries over multiple years. Um, Then uh, a nervous system condition, so every organ of my body is affected, every single one. (laughs) So I've lost my large bowel. I don't. Uh, I, I. I don't. I walk with a cane. There's. There's lots of things that have had to be sacrificed. And um, a really good friend of mine actually said to me once that um, everything in life is a trade. So nothing. There is nothing in life that isn't a trade-off. Whether that's okay. I've got to sacrifice. Put my phone down and 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 stop thinking about work for a sec and focus straight in on my three-year-old who's like, sit with me, mummy. And he asked me every night to sit with him and in the middle of the night as well, sit with me, mummy. And all he does, all he wants me to do is just sit with him. But I love it. And and he, and the warmth that comes out of that kid is just phenomenal. So I, I think the trade-off I, is something I look for all the time. 
was like, okay, I might have had to trade all of these uh, or sacrifice these aspects of my body, health, you know, exercise, um, the foods that I can eat, the things that I can do. I might have had to actually become disabled. And the world may see me as that on paper, but I don't have to. I don't have to see me as that. And I don't have to choose whether or not um, that beats me or beats me down. And it does some days, of course. I'm not, I'm not superhuman, but I just have decided I'm choosing not to let it kill me <laughs> because I want to stay alive while I got the chance. If I can beat all of those odds, what else can I beat? And I now see the the world and life as this uh, kind of landscape of potential challenges as opposed to and opportunities as opposed to adversity. Adversity now is like, all right, all right. And um, David Goggins is a good one for this, right? He kind of puts himself into state, into the state of flow on purpose, reminds himself, gets himself into grit, Um the world's kind of forced me to get into grit and and by the world, I mean the universe and my situation, circumstance, forced me to find grit. I was laying in the hospital dying of sepsis from metabolic acidosis. Like what, what do you do? Do you choose to be frightened? And, and yes, I went through all of those motions, but there was moments in, in these moments of real scary stuff in my last three years that I just decided otherwise. I just said, no, I'm not going to let it beat me. And, um, and they were conscious choices. I think uh, if you speak to anyone that's had some near death experiences or really tough adversity, you know, they've been through war, they've, they've, they've seen some stuff. Um, they know what we're talking about, right? They know what grit really is. But everybody can know and does know what grit really is. You've just got to find it. And there's no comparison. We're not in this comparative war here. We're not like, I'm better, you're better, I'm worse, you're worse. Oh, so. No, actually, it's just my reality. And if you can maybe take something of that and decide for yourself that you want your reality to be better, then do that. And I'll be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, hearing you, Sarah, it's, um, it's it's so motivating, but I have to believe that um, there is a larger purpose behind all the values that you live by, um, all the values that have gotten you thus far. And, and you know, yeah. I when I was uh, prepping up for, for this um, overall show, I, I was reading that uh, it's it's not just catalog digital or your family or your health. You're otherwise, you know, very active as a member in in so many groups in in Australia. I think Ele Elevate Alumni is one. Uh, Women in Revenue is another. I think catalog digital is otherwise associated with New Chip Accelerator. Then there is Abundance Three Sixty and Inspiring Rare Birds. That's that's quite a list. How how do you drive? value from these organizations for catalog and and give them back um that's the, more importantly what yes. is your higher purpose uh you know over here getting associated with so many groups and look um forgive forgive my giggle there the, i giggle because it's the adhd and i i i really obviously am quite active and 
probably to my detriment. <laughs> no, no wonder my brain can't quite handle me anymore. Um, look, I think when you, I was, I actually went looking for my people. I went looking for my community. I went looking for um, when you're facing some tough stuff. I, I, you want to find your when we're we're social beings. We're not meant to do things alone. Yeah, humans are meant to do things in community and in in village, like the global village. So I just went looking for what I didn't have. Yeah, right, right in front of me. Um, I, I had obviously my incredibly supportive and ever suffering husband and um and co-founder. I have my incredible family and his family, and the amount of times the the poor old grandmas and nanas have had to step in for mum because she's not home. You know, last year I think I clocked about six months in hospital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a long time to be away from the kids. But the groups provided me with um, sanity and also uh, what I wanted to do was find my people so that I could find a way to give back okay. because out of all of these challenges, I I realised that I knew some stuff and it's too big to keep quiet about that stuff. It's too big to to not share with others that might be suffering themselves. So I wanted to particularly the A360 community um, and, you know, Peter Diamondis is incredible, but his alumni and his um, supporters and and I'm going to a conference in March with Tony Robbins will be speaking. And just to to have that opportunity to, to be in a place where maybe little Sharky can make a difference. And, and really, I don't feel like I belong. I still have imposter syndrome. I'm like, what am I doing here? But fundamentally, it's because maybe through these communities, I might actually be able to reach some people too and share this message with the world and and, um, and make a difference and leave a legacy. Wow. That's that's uh, that's that's amazing, Sarah, or, or should I call you Shaki? Uh, Shaki, <laughs> please, Shaki. <laughs> All right. So um, in your entire journey, and uh, this is my question for the day now. Uh, in okay. your entire journey, how do you weigh luck and and mm-hmm. hard work and persistence? Well, I like, I like this question and good on you for asking it. Um, okay. So I do believe in luck in the sense of if you can lean into your adversity and if you're willing to throw yourself in the ring for yourself. And what I mean by that is if you're willing to show up and know when the right time is to surrender, then the luck piece is actually the universe rewarding you for that. And so luck, luck actually doesn't have anything to do with it. Nothing happens by chance. Mm-hmm. Things happen because you are manifesting or you're, you, you are creating self-reality and you're taking steps in that direction. You somehow cosmically mix with another person doing a similar thing and then, boom, connection happens. But connection and energy transference is actually, um, I don't think, anything to do with luck I think it's it's destiny or it's 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 predest it's preordained to some degree and so uh, without getting too spiritual here luck aside um the universe is not here to destroy us it's it's here in the same way to serve us and it's full of love and light and it's positive 
I don't think it's here for for um, just the lucky, but it's here for the ones that recognize um, how to lean in to who they are and what they are and what they care about. And if you can reach that deep level of authenticity and be unashamedly vulnerable, the universe will reward that because vulnerability means setting aside an ego and that is not an easy thing to do. And I still I still grapple with that every day. I probably sound like a complete a-hole most of the time and I don't mean to. I'm, I'm just clearly not aware. Um, but the more aware I can be and more aware I can become, the better I can serve you. And if I come from that place, there's nothing bad can come from that, only good. The bad can come from when you do that and the other person is not like that. And I think the challenge people have is maybe particularly women, we don't always know that the other person is not a good person or has their own demons. So I think you've got to be careful who you mix your energy with in your life. Um, But luck, hard work, always. I will pay dividends to anybody willing to get in and give it a go. Um, That's such an Aussie thing to say, but giving it a good crack, um, being really someone that is and that's kind of down to my grandpa, Grandpa Bruce. He was like a, he actually, he was like a border force. And, and so I feel, I feel like I embody his spirit. Um, and he died last year while I was in hospital. And the night he died, he actually texted me and said, um, you got this, Sharky. That's, you got this. While he's in hospital dying, I kind of like, ah. Uh, so I'll never forget the fact that I've got, some people on my side and um that aside and but get into to death and sadness too much but um but hard work all day all day give me give me give me your hardest workers um but hard work and smart work too so work hard work smart and be willing to evolve and please for goodness sake be coachable be open to coaching and be open to learning because if you keep that curiosity and you just look at the world like my kids look at the world like everything is new and they're just sponging. I, I feel like that is intoxicating for, mm. for other people and um, it's a great spirit to embody. And then uh, hard work and then determination, I suppose, having clarity about who you are and what you want to do and what is your value, your unique value proposition to the world, even if that changes, but work that out. If you can work that out, you're miles ahead because most people just spend their whole lives not even knowing what that is and fumbling this way or that way and then blaming the rest of the world for whatever happens to them. And actually, frankly, I don't blame the world for anything that's happened to me. I don't blame any. No one has done me any harm, even if you have. (laughs) That's, That's a mindset. Well, that was uh, Sarah Harkness Orel, or AKA Shaki, on my show. It's all about perspective. Thank you so much, Sarah, for uh, making time today. And uh, thank you for sharing all the wisdom. No worries. I look forward to the next next time we see each other. <laughs> for sure.